Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 98. We are nearly at the 100 mark. Welcome to Parenthood Friday. Thanks for joining me. Look, what I wanted to talk about today, but I just want a little bit more time to prep and to see if this is something that you would like me to talk about. I want to talk about how to help our kids navigate this kind of climate that we're living in with all this fear and uncertainty around um, coronavirus and all of that. So let me know if that's something you'd like me to speak on, um, particularly as parents, because obviously I've had to navigate my three kids through it and um, they're they're thriving emotionally and mentally. So I thought maybe that's something we could talk about. But today, what I do want to talk about is sleepovers and play dates. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about um, helping to parent our kids and our teenagers through their friendships. And, you know, basically everything to do with parenting is about being intentional. And um, so I wanted to, and I said back a couple of weeks ago that I would talk about this, playdates, sleepovers, and I think I'll hit parties up at another time because it's probably too much to cover today. But if we are going to be intentional about our kids' friendships, then sleepovers and playdates is really important because... Um, you know, these are the times when our kids can be really influenced by other children. And of course, how do we navigate this in the teenage years? Not that teenagers have playdates, okay? No, they call them, let's go hang. (laughs) So I'm not talking about playdates when it comes to teenagers. Um, But we really need to have a plan while our kids are young around what we're going to do when it comes to sleepovers and playdates. Because I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. I guarantee you this scenario is going to happen. Your child is going to come bounding over to you after school one day with their friend and then they're going to ask in front of their friend and they're going to ask you if they can have a play date or if they can go sleep over at their friend's house. And of course, as a parent, we're like, oh, oh my gosh, there's nothing like being fronted up with a question that we haven't thought about before. And you're probably sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't know this child. I don't know their parents. What am I going to say? I don't want to look like the mean parent. So it's really smart to go into this with a plan. So that's what I want to talk about because our children and our teenagers really still need us to be their moral compass until they develop their own. And it starts in the younger years and continues into the teenage years, all right? So sleepovers, playdates are just another area where we need to exercise this moral compass on behalf of our kids because they're just going to think everything's a great idea. Every sleepover, every party, every playdate, great idea, mom, please, 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 please. Um, But we need to keep an eye on the influences that we are allowing them to walk into. So let's just talk foundational years for a moment, okay? I always say that the foundations for the teenage years are set in the childhood years. And that's why we need to be intentional on the influences that they have in their childhood years. And this principle is no less true when it comes to playdates and sleepovers because Children don't all of a sudden, by the way, become rebellious in their teenage years. Your kids' friends don't suddenly just rebel out of the blue in their teenage years. And 
I'm actually surprised at how often parents or other people can't see it coming. Because when children rebel in their teenage years, the foundation for that rebellion was actually laid in the childhood years. And I will podcast about this, how to kind of rebellion proof your child in the teenage years. I know some of you are like, yes, please speak about this. But let me give you an example. If you find that your teenager is very sneaky and deceptive in their teenage years, They didn't suddenly develop that personality trait or that character trait overnight. So whether you recognized it or not, they actually would have displayed a sneaky, deceptive behaviors as a child. It just would have looked more innocent. It just would have looked different. And and some parents can tend to just dismiss that as not as important and just more innocent looking. Let me give you a really basic example here. I remember when Georgia was little and she hated mushrooms and pumpkin. She still hates mushrooms and pumpkin, but I remember her sitting at the tea table and, you know, we were pretty strict that if it was on the table in front of you that you had to eat it, although we allowed them to have one thing each that they didn't eat, but I wasn't about to, with three kids, have like, you know, 10 things they each didn't like. But I remember she had to eat pumpkin this particular day and she was chewing, chewing, chewing. And then she said, oh, mom, I just, I really, really need to go to the toilet. And so we're like, okay, no worries, go to the toilet. And then when she was gone, I don't know, I can't remember if it was Cameron or me, but we just thought, you know what? I reckon she's gone to spit her pumpkin into the toilet. And so when she came back, I don't even think we waited for her to come back. I think Cameron went over there. And then when she came out the toilet, we're like, did you spit your pumpkin in the toilet? And we just knew, I don't know, you know these things, you just know as parents. And she at first lied to us. And then when we pushed a little bit harder, she's like, yes, that is exactly why. Now that was sneaky behavior. So it's one thing not to like pumpkin. It's one thing to kind of, you know, um, for her to carry on about the pumpkin or whatever. But the fact that she thought of a a really sneaky lie, I'm going to sneak to the toilet and spit it in the toilet and then lie. We didn't let her get away with stuff like that. We didn't let our kids get away with that. Now that might seem innocent when it's pumpkin, but it's not so innocent when it's they they get older and it's something else. It's to do with, you know, alcohol or a boyfriend or uh, whatever it is. So what might look innocent as a child, we need to deal with those things because they're not so innocent as they get older. But on the flip side, That's why I say that you don't need to be scared about your child rebelling in their teenage years, because if you do set the right foundation in their preteen years, they're going to be fine in their teenage years. If you're careful to deal with the small issues, the heart issues, the character issues, and their moral heart in childhood, you will reap that in their teenage years. Um, because their personality traits are only magnified. They don't all of a sudden grow these new personality traits. Now, most often play dates and sleepovers will tend to happen with their closest friends. So I would be helping them choose and navigate wisely, even in the childhood years where I let them spend that time. So I think that we, and I did talk about this in my last podcast, it's important that if we give them the tools to help them choose good friends in their childhood, that is going to spill over into their teenage and their young adults years. So what did I do? What did we do when it came to sleepovers and playdates? Well, 
Some of the best advice I remember being given, and it really did help guide our decision-making in a lot of areas of our parenting, was this whole thing of being careful what you allow them to do in the younger years. Because what what you allow in the younger years, if you, it's very difficult to pull those things back if they're things that you're not happy with them doing in the teenage years. So don't allow in the younger years what you won't allow in the teenage years. So this comes back again to parenting inside the funnel. Go back to that episode uh, and listen to that. But if you are allowing all these freedoms when they're eight and nine and 10, sure, you can go here, go there, do that, do this. They're going to get very confused when all of a sudden you start to begin to restrict or take away those freedoms because you start to get worried when they're 14, 15, 16, because there's more at stake. It's just a breeding ground for rebellion to allow so many freedoms because it looks innocent in their childhood years only to pull back in their teenage years. Let me give you a non a non-sleepover example. Um, I was careful, for example, how we let Georgia dress in her you know, younger childhood years, I'm talking, well, really right through, right through anything that I allowed her to dress in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I was really careful because I used to think to myself, do I want her to wear that outfit when she's 15 and 16? And if the answer was no, well, I kind of just didn't put it on her then. What was I doing? I was just helping her to shape her ideas around you know, the way that we wanted her to dress in her teenage years. And by the way, I am going to delve into this whole purity culture thing too, <clears throat> because I think it has been done badly in, in churches in the past. So we are going to do a, we're going to do a book club on that guys. Come and join me for that. I'm going to announce that on next week's podcast. But uh, when it comes to sleepover and play dates, just be careful not to allow so many freedoms in the younger years, all right? So the key is go into this with a plan. So let's talk sleepovers. Cameron and I pretty much had one easy rule for sleepovers, and that was we weren't huge fans of sleepovers and we mostly didn't allow them, but the exception was we were happy for them to have sleepovers with family Um, you know, their aunties and uncles and cousins that we were super close with and super duper duper close family friends who were like family. Other than that, we pretty much had a rule that there were no sleepovers. um, And that included mostly friends from their primary school. So I'm talking primary school years here. Now, maybe Cameron and I see too much and know too much as pastors, but you just never know what goes on in other people's houses. And it might not even be bad stuff, but our children don't have the tools to navigate seeing things that are done so differently in another family than what they're used to in your household. It's really, you know, and all of a sudden you throw them into this household where especially if you don't really know the parents, you don't know their value system. And even if the parents are absolutely lovely, you just don't know. And I'm just was never willing to put our kids into a situation. I mean, there could be an older sibling, an older brother there in the household. And if we don't know who they are and we don't know them super, super, super duper well. So sleepovers were saved for very, very, very close family friends or family only. Now, you know, there could be different family rules. Like it could be that they're going over to a friend's house and they're allowed to have phones in their bedrooms at night. 
I tell you, when kids get together, they get up to all sorts of stuff. They egg each other on. They they do. Um, you know, there's just so much of the unknown. So if there was a, a play date, we always picked our kids up before bedtime. And I just don't think they need to be out that late anyway at a younger age. And another reason that we didn't allow sleepovers was because we really didn't want them having sleepovers when they were 14, 15 and 16, because then there's a lot more at stake. There's a lot more that can happen. And you, by then also often they want sleepovers and it's mixed with guys and girls together. And we just didn't even want kind of to get into that territory. So our kids just knew that sleepovers weren't a thing. But again, what do I say? If you're going to say a no to something, say a better yes. So they did have some great sleepovers with very close family friends. So for example, we have got really good friends that live around the corner from us and all of our kids were the same ages overnight. So even though we said no to other sleepovers with friends at school, we'd go, let's have the Todd's over. And um, I remember one night we put up a, a tent in our backyard. We put the fire on and the kids slept out there for a couple of hours till they ended up back inside because it was too uncomfortable. But if you're going to say no, say a better yes. So I just, we just didn't want to put our kids in a situation where they didn't have the tools to say no to something. Um, because children, when it comes to, you know, obeying other adults, you know, they tend to obviously go with the flow and we just didn't want our kids to be put in that predicament where they felt like they shouldn't be doing something, but they had to, because we weren't around to kind of protect them. Okay. So that's sleepovers. Let's talk play dates. Um, so my kids, as you know, were in public school for most of their primary school years and they were invited to heaps of play dates. And I didn't mind this so much because it was a shorter amount of time and I felt like I we could control this a little bit more. So if we didn't know the parents, I would actually stay. And most parents will invite you in to stay. Like if you don't know each other very well, I would, you know, walk my child in because often you just only know them from saying good morning in the mornings and afternoons during pickup or maybe in the junior primary years, you know, you might be in reading groups together or something like that, but you really don't know each other very well. And so often, most of the time, the parent where we would go to a play date would invite me in for coffee while, you know, the girls played or the boys played. And so I was happy to do that. Um... Because again, if they're very young, um, you know, we're there to be their, their protection. This is not helicopter parenting, by the way. I am so not into helicopter parenting, but I think leaving them on their own in a family where we don't know their family values is just a recipe for the too much of the unknown. Now, as they got older, if I was comfortable with the parent and the family, because, you know, by then we might have had a lot more to do with each other. As they got older, I would leave them, but with a definite pickup time. Because by then as well, your child's got more tools in their belt for being able to navigate themselves um, or to even call you if they need you. So the other thing too, the reason I didn't mind play dates is it actually made for some really great conversations and opportunities to reinforce our family values, because you will find that your child will be fascinated with the way that other people live. And so often my kids, you know, it was really good for them to see 
because they would come back and be like, oh, mum, do you know what so-and-so's house, they do this. And so you could have really good discussions about, oh, that's really interesting. And so it just also helps to be able to reinforce why your family does certain things a certain way. Um, so the other thing I used to do if I did leave them at a play date when they were a bit older is we would always have a plan for if they got themselves into a situation where you might not be with them and they felt uncomfortable. So, you know, make sure that there's a plan. So for example, you know, maybe the friend puts on a movie and it's a movie you haven't allowed your kids to watch and your kids know they're not allowed to watch it. So I would always say to our kids, if anything like that happens, just blame us, blame me. And I'd always say that to them. I'm happy for you to put mum in it. Um, so if they put a movie on and you know that we wouldn't like it or you're feeling uncomfortable, then just say to your friend, oh, my mum's going to get really mad with me if I watch that. And so it just helps them to have a bit of a plan for if they're feeling uncomfortable to get out of it without them having to say the no, because kids do find that difficult. Um, If something was really going down and they really were feeling unsafe, I would say to them, just say that you're feeling sick and I'll come and pick you up. Look, it's really unlikely that that's going to happen, especially if you know the parent, you know the family, but it's just, it's just a bit of a safety, safety tool just in case. Um, but the other thing that's important too, oh my gosh, my dog just barged her way in. (laughs) I don't know if you guys can hear her breathing. She's literally right by the microphone. Can you go away? She's my big buffer 30 kilo dog. Um, the other thing that it's really good play dates are good for though, is it is good for us to give our kids the tools to be able to say no and set up their own boundaries as well. So it's a good way to start teaching them that sometimes you're not always going to like certain things and they do need to learn to be able to say no as well. So yes, you're protecting them because they can call you or they can blame you for things, but you also need to give them those tools as well because they're going to need it in their teenage years. You're going to want to teach them to be the influencers, not the influence to be the leader, not the one following. So protecting your child from absolutely anything by never allowing them to go anywhere or do anything, anything at all, that will actually make them more vulnerable in the long run. So even though we didn't like sleepovers, because I just wasn't willing to, you know, to to risk that much of the unknown, a, a short play date's a little bit different. And like I said, you give it to them in increments where as they get a little bit older, they can, they can be there for a little bit on their own. That's what we did anyway. Um... Now, talking teenage years, playdates are not a thing. This is more when they start maybe wanting to hang out with each other. Now, I'm not talking parties here. Okay, so parties are another thing altogether. Parties are probably a more tricky one because I was more willing for parties to happen in primary school, but the teenage years, we were pretty much like, no, you're not going to any of these parties. But I want to talk about that separately. But when it comes to hanging out, Um, you're not going to know the parents as much. I do not know hardly any of Ashton's friends' parents because you don't tend to hang around at the school as much in their high school years. And so it's a little bit different. Now, um, what I do, because Ashton's probably my most social one and he often wants to go and hang with a group of boys, I don't, we haven't let him hang with boys and girls mixed. Um, we prefer him just to, just to stick hanging with the boys. But again, if I know the parent, which 
has been the case in the past. Um, for example, the, the deputy, the old deputy at our school, his son was in Ashton's class and they loved hanging together and I trusted the deputy. Um, so that was a bit different. But if I don't know the parent and he wants to hang out, I'll quickly go in, meet the parent, suss things out, get a bit of a vibe. But, you know, by the time they're 14, 15, you really need to start trusting them. And by that time, you know, Ashton knows how to protect himself. Um, he knows what our values are. He knows what is acceptable and isn't acceptable. Um, we've we've built character into him. We've built a moral compass into him. So by the time he's a little bit older, play dates or hanging out doesn't worry us um, very much at all. So and I don't know if I've talked about this before, but depending on how comfortable you are, you need to start giving them some freedoms as they get a bit older. So I don't know, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but like one thing that I remember last holidays that Ashton did was he wanted to hang out with his friends at Movie World. And so the three friends he was hanging out with, I knew who they who they are and they're all trustworthy, good boys. Um, and so we were happy to kind of um, drop him off at a certain time, give him a certain amount of time there, get him to check in with me on the phone every hour so I know he's safe, and then go and pick him up. So you do need to start giving them a bit more freedom because I'm telling you, they might be 14 one minute, the next minute they're 18 with a license, fully able to drive themselves. And so you really want to make sure that by then, you've given them enough tools and you trust them enough and they have enough character. So basically you can see that, I mean, from the age of five to 18, it just goes so quickly. So go into it with a plan. I mean, I've probably rambled and ranted today, um, but look, you might do it differently to me. Honestly, this is just what we did and it worked for us. And we've never had any issues with our kids at sleepovers or playdates or parties. Um, and so this has really worked well for us. But I would just say the main thing is go into it with a plan. Um, oh, and the other thing, and I think I started with this, is we did teach our kids never ask us if you can do something in front of that other child or their parent, because that's embarrassing if we if we have to say no. So we would always say to our child or to our kids, ask mum and dad if you want to do something, ask us later, ask us in the car, don't ask us in front of them. That was another rule that we did. So there you go. There's sleepovers and play dates. So just go into it with a plan. Let me know what your plan is. Um, and, and look, you will learn as you go. There was probably one or two instances where I thought, you know what, we shouldn't have allowed this, or I was a little bit too tough here. And it's all a balancing act and we're not perfect, but we're all doing our best. Hey, and I think you guys are amazing and you're amazing coming and listening. So I hope that helped you today and our 20 minutes is gone. Um, but I love you guys and come and chat with me. Like I always tell you on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Come and chat with me there like I do all the time and I love it. Love hearing from you guys. Until then, have a wonderful week and I will see you next Wednesday. Bye.